Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopets Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopetspod.com. again at the Lakers Fast Break. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thank you so much for watching and listening. If you're watching this on YouTube, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button today. You will be glad you did because you get live notifications on when we are going live on YouTube. Also as well on Facebook, if you go ahead and give us a like there, you'll also get notifications on when we go live with our Lakers Fast Break broadcasts. But for now, I have a very special interview because I have a very special guest. If you've been watching Hulu, you are seeing the outstanding series I've enjoyed so much so far, and that is Legacy, the true, and I love the fact that the emphasis is on the true story of the LA Lakers. We've got one of the executive producers here. It is Stephen Leckert. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me today for a great conversation on your awesome series so far. Thank you for having me, and thank you for watching absolutely truly appreciate the opportunity to see it i have a question in relation later on that i'll say for the end about uh, the fact that this is the third series so far this year in relation to somehow true or not fiction or otherwise on the los angeles Lakers. but again we'll go back to that in in a little bit but i wanted to ask first how you became involved with this project because antoine foucault I mean, as someone who also does a pop culture radio show each and every week, I don't think I need to go ahead and elaborate on the just outstanding career of Antoine Foucault, because he's the, the, I guess, the director and one of the masterminds behind this, along with yourself and many others. But tell me, from a standpoint from a Lakers fan and a pop culture fan, it's just so exciting to see this collaboration come, come together. How did you get involved with this project? Sure. I mean, I I got involved two and a half years ago, but it's worth stating that the project started, I think, in earnest about seven years ago. Really? Yeah, it's been in the works for a long time. And I think people kind of lost sight of that and thought it was a reaction to winning time and all these other things. But the Lakers have been talking about doing this project um, for seven years. And the first kind of big executive producer to come on and uh, be on all the way through is a guy by the name of Kevin Mann at Haven Entertainment. And, you know, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be sitting here. And he's really been a champion throughout the years. And so two and a half years ago, I got the call from Antoine because I had just made a project with him about Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to bring myself on 
along with Jake Vyshinsky, who became our lead editor on this project. And the three of us had worked on this documentary about Muhammad Ali called What's My Name? It's on HBO. Yes. We had a great experience making that film. And so I think with Antoine, it felt like, okay, well, if I'm going to take on the Lakers, I want to bring these guys on. So two and a half years ago, we got the call. And I don't think Antoine knew that I am a diehard Laker fan. Grew up here in Los Angeles. I went to Magic's basketball camp in 1991, a few nice. months before his announcement. So, I mean, how do you say no to that project? And then, you know, meeting Kevin and his team at Haven, we all just started to talk about the scope and the scale of the project. And Antoine's vision from the beginning was Godfather. And when we started looking at the family and realizing the story of where it, it kind of went, especially in 2018 and 19, um, we just realized there was something that you could do that was much bigger and larger than just basketball. Absolutely. And it's evolved into five of the 10 episodes as we're talking right now, looking so forward to the, the back half of the episodes for the rest of this great docuseries. So far, I have seen so much that I was aware of and so much as a Lakers fan that I wasn't necessarily aware of. I know there's a lot of little tidbits and facts that were presented on this docuseries that maybe not a lot of fans out there knew or had knowledge on. But the one thing that strikes me most, and I think it's the star of the show, is the archival video footage. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to get this question that, you know, as you even started, prefaced it, that you're probably getting this question, well, this was made in response to Winning Time and all the stuff that they're doing on the HBO series. And, you know, I've seen it. We've, got, we've talked about it on my show several times. But the fact is that archival footage that you've gotten for all these episodes that span the decades must have been an undertaking in and of itself to the point where there's no way you could have gone and just whipped that out in like two months off of an Apple iPhone or something, right? Yeah, correct. I mean, when I when when Jake, myself, and Antoine joined the project two and a half years ago, one of the first things we said was that we're going to need to really dig even deeper into the archive. They'd already been doing tremendous work, so we were really fortunate to inherit drives of footage. But then we started to do a much deeper dig and having, you know, I should specify the, the Muhammad Ali documentary we did is entirely archival. You know, 95% of the film is archival, no interviews. And so I think that taught us all a lot about how to approach finding those rare pieces. But when you're dealing with famous people, when you're dealing with journalists who have interviewed famous people, they keep these materials around forever. So, um, and then with, with the fact that the Lakers were so welcoming to us, they made a lot of great introductions. So you'll find, I think, it, I don't want to spoil it, but there's an episode where we have audio that was recorded by Bill Burka, who's the assistant coach for many years. And it was at, I don't want to spoil it too much, but basically that audio was something we found late in the game. One of our producers, Michael Mann, was in touch and found this incredible audio and you know our team found a way to just weave it in and so that's an ongoing process you do throughout but it, we wouldn't really have that ability i don't think if it wasn't for the lakers making these introductions to us uh, for us to all these folks and so the level of trust that people would open up their garages and their cardboard boxes to you know find this stuff for us was really special it was awesome just to in fact some of the stuff like for instance the in the latest episode, the Kobe tryout and the comments made by Jerry West, which actually was, there was a video attached at one point in time to it, but 
you know, as Michael Cooper says, thank God it's not available. <laughs> but the audio is, and the audio portion as far as the comments from Jerry West, and that's something that that takes an extensive amount of research to find. Correct. And actually, though, to correct you, the, the audio was recorded separately on a tape recorder. Oh, it was just a personal opinion, but yeah, as far as yeah. from Jerry West on that there, workout. There is a workout tape of the video of him of him playing. Yes. And I actually tried personally to go and find it. Our team worked together with me to find this tape because it has disappeared. And I guess this is just a call to the public that if you, you find this tape, please return it to the Bryant family and to the Lakers where it belongs. Absolutely. Despite what Michael Cooper says about that, because uh, if you watch the episode, you'll understand why. But again, the archival footage that's been found, the interviews with Dr. Jerry Buss over the years has been amazing to watch. You get a real sense of who he was as an individual and how he saw how to run the Lakers team. It just is so much a part of what the series is about. Is that part of the, the, the luster and the lore of what you were looking at as a Lakers fan when you were working on it? But you really, what stuck out the most? What was the best parts of what you enjoyed about working with this legacy project? Yeah, I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime project because it's 10 parts, nearly 10 hours about, you know, my childhood, the, my favorite team. We're also based here in Los Angeles, so everyone is still pretty much nearby for the most part. So it's hard to sort of pinpoint what my favorite thing is, but I would I would say that what makes the project special beyond the archival and I think the intimate interviews with the players and some of the stories you don't know, I will say the access to the bus family itself is beyond anything that's ever been made or published or captured. And the insights that all of the bus siblings provided to our team both that made the show and then also just were, you know, behind the scenes conversations. I don't think anyone on earth has had that kind of access. And, and honestly, that's a testament to the family trusting us and to, to opening their, their doors and opening up their hearts. But it really starts with Jeannie Buss from the beginning and Linda Rambis saying to our team, you know, we, we feel good about this and we trust you. And I think as a journalist and as a filmmaker, for our entire team, that really was quite special. Was that refreshing to you, given the fact that, you know, there was such a public family squabble in the previous decade over the rights and ownership of the future for the Los Angeles Lakers? It didn't surprise me, I don't think, at the time, but I didn't really know very much about the Bus family outside of what I'd read in the media. I'd hmm. never met Janie. I'd never, certainly had not met Jim. And so I only knew what the media had sort of portrayed about everything. It didn't surprise me at the time that a family would be squabbling over a multi-billion dollar franchise, because I think those are stories that are old as time. And that's why the TV show Secession is so popular. What surprised me was getting to know Jim. Um, I think our entire team was surprised to get to hear from him and know and hear what was you know going on in his mind at the time. And so I think that's the piece of the puzzle that's going to be really interesting for viewers to watch because you're going to hear parts of that story that have, I don't think ever been told or articulated, even in print. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the executive producer, one of the executive producers behind Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers, Stephen Leckert. Appreciate you being on and talking to us. You mentioned some of the personalities based in L.A. that you've had a chance to see. Of course, the many great interviews you had with the players along the way, both on the Lakers, the Lakers organization, and also players on other teams like Larry Bird, Ralph Sampson, many other different faces of the NBA that were on this as part of the, the telling of the story, especially during the 80s, the decades that were covered in the earlier episodes. Was there any thought to reaching out outside of the great journalist Steven Springer, who's been part of the L.A. Times scene all the way back from the beginning of the inception of this dawn of the Lakers era of the 80s and so on as, he, as it continued forth? Did you ever have a chance to reach out to possibly Jim Hill, who's been part of the L.A. sports scene for many years, who's actually part of that archival footage he's always seems to be getting in there, or Bill Plaschke, who came on later in the annals of the Lakers history, but it's also been a very focal part of the 90s and 2000s of the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, if you look at the final version of the series, there's, I believe, no less than 72 people who are interviewed. And I think it was because we filmed multiple conversations with multiple people that were over a yeah. And one sit down interviews that were conducted That's at a certain point. It, it was, it, I mean, it's truly the most expansive and biggest scope and scale of any project I've been a part of. And we talked a lot about, well, where do you draw the line? How many voices are necessary? Who can be a part of the story? And we also wanted to be clear that we felt that the, the players themselves 
needed to be the centerpiece as far as voices. Mm -hmm. So we, we did draw the line at only a couple journalists, but that was mostly to save space for everyone else that had been there and lived it. And if you watch, especially Steve Springer, you know, when he comes into the story, he explains that he was on the bus and he was there. And so what, what he serves as is a character who had firsthand experiences as opposed to what some, you know, journalism winds up being, especially in professional sports today. It's a lot of secondhand, thirdhand information. Sure. So we were very cognizant of that. And to your earlier point, you know, the, the true story of the Lakers is one that needs to be told from the inside, from people who lived it. It can't be second and third hand the way so much media is. So that's where we had to draw the line. Um, but Jim Hill, the the fun of watching him in our doc is you get to see the evolution of his mustache. So. Yes. I was going to say something of that nature because I remember as being a kid living in the LA area, seeing him and and being so much of a part of the LA sports scene, whether it's football, basketball, you name it, seeing him there. But yeah, see him, like you said, evolve his mustache over the period of of archival footage from episode to episode. <laughs> if you really look at it, if you're an LA fan, it's kind of, kind of fun. It's, it's a good thing to see though. Yes, absolutely. The only thing I miss is the KHJ opening, the Channel 9 opening from the, you know, na, 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 na. I, I know that was uh, actually between the longtime fans and I, we kidded about that. Like, that's the only thing that was missing. Was that something you actually tried to go after? Or was that something that maybe you tried to stay away from? I actually don't know particularly where and when or how that landed on the cutting room floor. So I don't have a good, I don't have a good answer for okay. that. Oh, I, no, no worries. No worries. I, I, I love can, that opening though. What I can tell you is that despite the fact it's 10 hours long and there's 10 episodes and it seems like we cover so much, the amount of stuff that we weren't able to include into the doc, whether it be songs we loved, whether it's things like that opening you always making something like this wind up with pieces and parts on the cutting room floor. That's a bit of a bummer. Filmmaking is a process of addition and then quite a bit of subtraction. That's okay. You would probably just have to get Chick in the opening talking about Taco Bell and some other well, random things as well. Chick is somebody who deserves a doc in and of himself. I mean, this he is, is such, a, such a fascinating figure and voice. And we're proud of the pieces and parts of him that make it, but... We could have used so much more of him if we focused on that. Absolutely. He is an icon of L.A. broadcasting. Both him and Vince Scully will always be remembered as, as some of those, just not only for Los Angeles, but the sports in general, just so much that they gave to their communities in, in regards to that. But last thing I want to go ahead and hit you up with this, because I know you are pressed for time, is that is something I started off with in the show, and that this is the third lakers related streaming project to hit the airwaves as we old timers say in 2022 so what do you think viewers will be able to take from this particular series that's ultimately going to be more enjoyable and watchable for them than winning time or the magic johnson docuseries that debuted and played on apple plus well, I'll start with winning time. So when you're dealing with scripted versus uh, documentary, you know, you're, you're watching everything through a filter and through a lens of the filmmaker. Dialogue is rendered and recreated. You're projecting a lot about how you think a person might have been. And therefore, what you're watching is, a, is, is sort of like a combination of guesswork plus just trying to create drama. 
when we went in to interview folks, you know, and these were extensive interviews, we interviewed players, some of them in sitting in one sitting for up to three hours. We, we went in with a sense of a roadmap of what we wanted to cover, but we weren't just trying to get them to talk smack about each other, um, though we do cover those things. It's a much more wide ranging conversation and it's a much more organic process and it gives them a little bit more of agency in telling their own story. So, you know, although we are creating a roadmap and we know we do need to cover Kobe and Shaq's obviously very big blow ups, which are covered in the media, we can't ignore those things. We're also not rendering or creating any of that drama or inventing it. So that's a very big distinction. I will also say we cover the family all the way from when Jerry Buss buys the team in 79 to 2020. So season one of Winning Time is essentially our first episode. So they're different in, the, in those distinct ways. And then as far as Magic Stock is concerned, you know, so much of it, the focus is on his childhood, where he grew up, his college years, his high school years, falling in love with his wife, Cookie, their relationship, the test of that relationship with his diagnosis, his religion, and then his complete amazing second and third acts of his life, uh, which is still going, of course, which is becoming a massive business success. That's not the story we're telling at all. So, you know, despite the fact, yes, we cover some of the same games and we do cover his diagnosis, we cover it very differently and from a different perspective, you know, and he is deserving of his own doc as well. So, you know, I think they're complementary to one another. But again, we also cover long beyond and into other eras of the team that, you know, he was not even directly involved with. So I think I think our project's distinct. And the fact that all three of these have come out now is just a testament to the Lakers being one of the greatest sports franchises in history. Well, I'll tell you what, it is certainly portraying that on screen with this awesome Hulu docuseries, Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. But before we head on out, why don't you get a final word in here? I would be remiss if I did not ask you as a fellow Lakers fan about the LA Lakers as they stand right now and what your hopes are for them for this season. I think I, I would hear it from Laker Tom. I would hear it from Joe Soro, JB Sweet. I would hear it from all the guys. Why didn't you ask him about this year's team? Yeah. I'm hopeful and optimistic. And listen, regardless of what you think about LeBron James, whether you're a fan or not, he's an amazing, amazing player and is, will, will be one of the greatest of all time and is performing at a level in his 20th year that is, there's no one else who's done that in history. So anytime you're building a team around that figure, your chances are pretty fantastic. So my hopes are always high for this team, but given him alone, I've got both fingers crossed, but I'm not holding my breath. I hear you on that one. We're all holding our breath as Laker fans indeed. But Steven, it's been great having you on. Once again, one of the executive producers behind Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. It is Steven Leckert. Steven, it's just been a pleasure having you on. I hope for the honor to bring you on one of my shows again, either this or the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you have anything relating to that, I love doing interviews there for that show as well. But any last thoughts before we head on out? I just really have to thank our entire team. It was really big. And if I sat here listing all the names, you'd probably fall asleep because it's, <laughs> it's actually a phone book. But from the top on down, from Antoine Fuqua and his vision and the executive producers I mentioned, especially Kevin Mann, this really was a labor of love for many years. And I think that you can see it on screen. Absolutely. If you haven't had a chance yet, please go out of your way, 
even if you're a, not a Lakers fan, if you're an NBA fan, if you're a fan of someone who just enjoys a good docuseries to chronicle what it was like in the 80s, what it was like in the 90s, and what it was like as we get closer and closer to the here and now, it is Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. And Stephen, it's just been an honor again for you to go ahead and take the time to speak to little old me. So I truly appreciate it. Once again, Stephen Leckard, thank you so much for joining us. And I wish you continued success with the Donkey Series and all your future projects. And you're always welcome right here at the Lakers.